this is an investigatory process with the Holy Spirit. We've got to come together in agreement and invite him in and say, Lord, show us what's going on here. Hey, this is Unrefined Podcast. Welcome to another episode. Hey, 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 everybody. It's a new episode here, and I've got Lindsay. Hey, everybody. And a guest that we've had on before that needs no introduction, Amy. Hi. <laughs> Thank you. Hi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're uh, we're just gonna kind of we're gonna have a conversation today. Uh, we have a kind of a topic in mind, but our goal is just to kind of follow the flow of the Holy Spirit and kind of have a table talk. Uh, Amy and I have corresponded a little bit about this topic and and uh, had some interesting. I think we agree. Um, not that I have to agree with everybody on here, but I think we agree with a lot of what we've talked about. But uh, we wanted to just uh, dive into the whole realm of spiritual warfare. But then I'm going to see if uh, our esteemed guests will make it practical, you know, for us too. Uh, that's kind of our niche as a podcast is we want to explore the knowledge, but we also want to walk in the obedience. And so... Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you do with this? Yeah. What do you do with question. this? Yeah. The what do you do with this question? So anyway, um, so Amy, uh, we're going to dive into spiritual warfare. Where do you want to start with this? Do you have an idea where to start, um, with this? <laughs> this is, well, I don't, but you know, um, I always like to start, you guys like to be practical, which I love too, because the more we can make it kind of simplistic and tangible for those listening, I think the better they are to implement that that yeah. and imply it, apply it in their life, right? Um, right. And so if it's too broad and too big, it's like, okay, how do I work this into my life to make it to where I can, you know, grow closer to Christ and walk out this freedom that he calls us to have? But I think right. a good starting point is is really just to kind of define what spiritual warfare is. Would you guys agree? Yes, yes, I agree. Yeah, let's go there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to me, and you guys, you know, chime in. Um, to me, spiritual warfare really ties into um, 2 Corinthians 10, uh, 3 through 5, because this is a great starting point, and it helps us understand that we battle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual principalities, right? Um yeah. I'll read it specifically. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And so it gives this idea that, wait a second, there's something more at play here. We have an enemy. And um, who is this? Who is our enemy? What does that look like? What are the tactics that he uses to try to distract us and disrupt us from walking with Christ? What do you guys think about that? Oh yeah, I think totally. I think that uh, fundamentally, it is. It's it's um, 
it's an extra dimensional warfare in, in the sense of it's not something we see everywhere, even though it affects this dimension. And, and, you know, I, I, I need to like probably read that verse every morning because there's times when I get on Facebook and different communities, uh, um, on there and I start, you know, I, I just, uh, I see everywhere and, and I, I struggle with this at times, but, uh, I'm, I'm trying to get better about it, but, but we're always trying to correct people and we're arguing like with flesh when sometimes, you know, it's, 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 we don't wrestle against flesh. We wrestle against principalities, powers, you know, and I think that we all have areas where we are, uh, yeah, well, John, just put it frank. We all have areas where we could possibly be deceived. And if we knew what they were, we would change them, you know? And, 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 and so, yeah, it's, it's a real practical thing. And, and I think we always want to make spiritual warfare out there somewhere when it's really, it's in here. It starts in our own hearts yeah. and, yeah. and, and then issues forth. You know, I need to know that I don't wrestle against my flesh and blood. You know, I wrestle against principalities and powers and darkness and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's something I steered clear of for years just because. I just, man, either people told me, oh, we don't do that, or people were just way too, just, there. there's a demon behind every bush, and, you know, you've got to jump through all these hoops and say all the magical words right, or it won't work at all, and, yeah, it, it just, it was just kind of discouraged me from wanting to have anything to do with it for years, to be honest. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that, Lindsay, because I think that's a great talking point. Now, now we're in this stage, in this, this season of life, right, where right. you've almost got two camps. You've got one side that's, like you were saying, every, there's a demon behind everything. Everything's a demon. Yep. Cast it out, cast it out, cast it out, right? And right. then you've got this, this extreme opposite that's like, oh, no, just pray harder. You know, you need to read your Bible more. Um, you must yeah. be... You know, so there's where we find our balance in this spiritual warfare is that middle road. And and how do we get there? By the Holy Spirit. And that's the key. That's the key. And so if we go to either extreme, we're negating one side or the other. And we know that there's a spiritual realm, an unseen realm that affects us physically. So we would be remiss as Christians if we did not recognize this and find this balance and act appropriately in accordance to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And that's the key because you're right, Lindsay, you, you know, a lot of people will say, well, just say this prayer or, you know, go down this list, this deliverance sheet or whatever. And once you do that, you're, you're going to be fine. But they never teach this discipleship and walking out in mm-hmm. that freedom. Yes. Then the, you've got people who are doing this and there's no authority in their words because they're just going through this list and they have no understanding that can help them continue walking in that freedom. And so it gets really kind of, you know, black or white and you've got to really get into that, that great space of the Holy Spirit. So I hope that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it makes yeah. perfect sense. Yeah. Well, it, and it reminds me, uh, I, I had a, uh, uh, little background about us. We live on, we, we had a retreat center, Sandy and I had a retreat center and, uh, long story short, it didn't really work out. So we actually, uh, a, an addiction ministry came in and is, uh, 
a lease and to buy it. And we still live here, which is kind of cool. And so we're, we've helped out the ministry different times and, you know, different, with different things. And, and I did a lot of this while I was still going through what I call my dark night of the soul. So it was, it was really helpful to, to, to give to others when I'm so struggling so much, you know, that's just amazing how that really helps you out. And, uh, there was a girl on that, that I'm friends with on Facebook that went through the program and she said something just so profound. Hey, my unrefined friends. I just want to tell you guys that I am so thankful that you are my life. Some of our best fans uh, have been writing to us and, and I, I just so encouraged about how lives are being transformed and people are getting something out of this podcast. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's why we're doing this is to glorify Jesus and to just look at the world and have a, a more open view of the seen and the unseen and the supernatural in the world. So while we're doing that, we're going to handle all different kinds of topics. But see, what I'd like for you to be involved in or part of is our members only group things that are coming in our members only group that are going to just blow your mind. Not to mention there's going to be episodes in there that you won't be able to hear just on the normal episode channel. So make sure to visit our website at unrefinedpodcast.com and check out our members only community. I just can't stress the fact that, you know, we're after building a community and there's, there's so much out there, you guys, and there's so much coming, I really believe. We need to build these strong communities of Christ followers to, to be able to handle what might be coming in the, in the future days. We're sure that you'd be a good fit, and we cannot wait. I can't wait to see you there. We hear a lot of people that'll say, go to the word. We need to be grounded in the word, you know, and, and all this, but they miss the, the most common ingredient that it says in first John, we have a teacher now. Mm. And I'm not saying that we don't need teachers. You know, that's a gift that Jesus gave us in the fivefold ministry. And it's a gift of the Holy spirit, but he is inside of us. And if we read the Bible just to get evidence to prove someone wrong, that's not what it's for. We need to read the Bible in this warfare aspect with the counselor, and he counsels us, and he teaches us. So I think that, that there's a dearth in the Western side of the church of, of not really reading the Bible in the Holy Spirit, so to speak, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, in, in the Spirit. And I think that's what you're bringing up is, is he's the key. Mm -hmm. You know, word, and, and this is cliche, but I want to say it, you know, word without spirit you 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 dry up, you know, spirit without word, you blow up, but word and spirit, you grow up, you yeah. know, and, yeah. and and so we need both. We need that. We need the counselor. We need him to help us to to discern, to do all that. And and, and the riff I released this week uh, talks about, you know, the the reading of the Bible cannot just be a knowledge-based thing. It has to be a, an intimacy relationship type thing. And I don't think people right. dive into the word like that. And it's really crucial for spiritual warfare because before I can do any kind of spiritual warfare, I need to make sure that the plank in my eye is not overwhelming the speck in everybody else's. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's where the word with the counselor comes in. Yeah. Anyway, I'm glad you said that. That's, 
I think that's yeah. crucial. No, that's it really is. And I mean, I'm I'm sure you guys would agree, but you know, there's like when I think of spiritual warfare and I just kind of look back at my life as a Christian, it yeah. has changed and been refined so yeah. much along the way. And yeah. you know, it's really hard to kind of put it simplistically, even though we try because we right. want people to understand, but it really does take this intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, with God through his word. And, you know, and some of this, you just, you go, have to go through, you have to mature through. And, um, for instance, I'll give you an example. The first time that I really, I mean, you guys know a little bit of my backstory. I've been in ministry right. pretty much for the last 20 ish years. Um, but I've seen a lot of stuff happen with my own eyes. And at the time I couldn't really conceptualize it and, and articulate it in a way that made sense to me because I just was still a little immature in my faith. Right. right. But I saw something where I knew, you know, there is something else going on that I can't explain. And mm -hmm. I think that was really a, a, a starting point for me. Now, fast forward and granted, this was not only in different countries around the world, like Haiti and uh, Costa Rica, but Mexico as well. But it was also mm -hmm. in downtown LA where I spent a lot of time on Skid Row. And so I could see these things, but I was like, I just didn't understand it at that time. So fast forward about, oh uh, gosh, I get so bad on dates, but um, it was right when my, my father was passing away and um, he passed away. And then my mom had some caregivers come into her home and take care of her. Well, things started happening in my mom's home. Now, mind mm. you, my mom and my dad were strong Christians, but there were people coming in and out of the house. You've got major grief and worry and fear and anger mixed into this home because of other people that were coming in. And things started happening. And at this point, I had read several books about spiritual warfare, about deliverance, about kind of that unseen realm, if you will. And I knew enough at this time to know, you know what, there is something here that is working against my mom and oppressing her. And I mean, we had like things moving in the house. Um, things were, you know, dark figures, all sorts of stuff. But I say all this because I think it's important for us to understand as Christians that we can't just dismiss these things because mm -hmm. we don't understand it in our own mind. Right. We've got to kind of hold loosely and work it, work it out with the Holy Spirit to say, okay, what do I do with this information? How do I understand this spiritual warfare? So it, it makes sense to me because I don't get it. It, it, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, mm -hmm. um, and for me, it really came alive during that time. And I know God was preparing me for what I've endured specifically this last year with spiritual warfare. And had I not gone through that, I wouldn't have known. And I couldn't share with other people. Mm. No. It, it, it's like we have to get up to a place where there's boots on the ground. You know, we can, yeah. we yeah. can dialogue it. And that's what a lot of other different shows and podcasts and all that stuff. It's like we spend what I call, I call it the cloud. I shouldn't, but we spend our time up in the cloud, so to speak, you know, debating fine points of doctrine and topics and all that stuff. And all that's needed. We need to have knowledge. But if it doesn't come down to boots on the ground, or how does this work out in my life? How do I actually walk this out? Then it's it's in the cloud, you know. Yeah. And and so much and the the devil loves that. That's part of his ploy is just to 
you know, if you've ever read the screw tape letters, I mean, I don't think that's scripture by any means, but I mean, that part of his ploy is let, let it be an intellectual faith. Let it be a, you know, let it be a debate. Yeah. And, and, and what you were saying is, is, uh, I agree with, and, and what happened with me, I guess, over time in my maturing of, of spiritual warfare is there's, there's basically two camps. Uh, there's the, there, another two camp, another, what I call ditches. One of them is it's all about replacing truth with lies. Mm -hmm. And then the other camp is it's all about authority and using your authority and declarations and all that stuff. And the, if, if you're in either ditch, you're wrong, but if you use both of them, you're right. That's the middle of the road. You know, there is a yeah. place, you know, there is a place for replacing lies with truth. Definitely. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the discipleship sanctification and that ideally is how we start with our spiritual warfare like that. But then if we neglect the authority aspect of it, um, which is thoroughly biblical, I mean, Jesus spoke to the spirits and told them yeah. to leave. Yeah. Uh, I think we're, we're missing a part of it. And, and of course, we as fallen human beings, we love ditches. We love to, you know, the slippery slope off the side of the road and we get in these, these type of camps. And so that, just given my experience of maturity over the years, because I've been in both camps and both ditches, so to speak, mm -hmm. you know, uh, yeah. and uh, it's kind of a both and I know that's cliche nowadays, but it is, it's kind of a both and instead of an either or. Yeah. So, yeah, I've probably come to a place where, yeah, I'd rather avoid both ditches, but I'd mm -hmm. rather be around people. This is just generally speaking about most things now. I'd rather be around the people who are doing something, even if they're not doing it right, than the people who are just dismissive and all oh, just whatever, you know, just read your Bible more. And right. That'll spiritual, work everything out. Yeah. Spiritual yeah. bypassing and, is what we call yeah, it. Yeah. 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 And where does that leave people? And see, that's, that's such a great point you bring up because I found in, in just with counseling and talking with people that when people are on that side of the extreme of, well, you just need to read your Bible more. You need to, you need to just pray a little bit harder. You know, it's, it, it kind of leans into this works-based yep. faith where, and, and mm -hmm. what does it leave people with? It leaves them feeling defeated. Well, yeah, maybe yeah. I'm not really a Christian. Maybe I'm not really saved. What? And, and so that's, you know, a ploy of the enemy as well, as is this extreme side. You've got these very, you know, showmen, the showmen's I call yep. them who are yep. just mm -hmm. out there making a mockery. Plus Hollywood comes in with yep. their, you know, exorcisms and they're very dramatic. And, and I'm not saying that that those things can't happen. However, in with the people that I mentor with and talk with, you know, it, it's all about, it's about privacy for the person. It's about, you know, really caring for the heart of the person. It's not about yeah. a show, you know, and, and that's that middle ground. It's about, mm -hmm being led by the spirit because I've, in my experience, what I've come to learn is the majority of our healing comes from this renewing of the mind. And yes, when we renew our minds in the word, right? When that light of Christ comes into those fractures and those deep hurts and traumas in our life, when that light bursts out in that area of us, then the enemy, the, the enemy leaves, the spirits leave. Yeah. So a lot mm -hmm. of the times when you're healing and renewing your mind, 
you know, there's no space for the, for that spiritual oppression. They flee. Perfect love casts out all fear. And so, you know, it's, it's not this one or the other, it's this working out our salvation, it's called, and it takes the Holy Spirit to guide us. Like, no, you just need to renew your mind. You, or yeah, maybe there's something a little deeper here, a little more spiritual that you need to work out with me. And that's the part that's like, it just, you, you have to mature. You have to have, uh, that wisdom that comes from him to know. Yeah. We had mentors yep. in our healing ministry and, and I, and Lindsay's mm-hmm. probably heard me say this a million times, Sandy and I say it all the time. If you take out the trash, the flies go with it. And yeah. so that's, we see the trash as being the lies and, and the flies being the spirits that are attached. Yeah. Now you will have that occasional fly that still stays that you need a fly swatter and you take care of them. But overall, the the flies go with the stench of the trash. Yep. They're gone. And and so yeah, I totally agree with you. And 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 the other thing is that that starts I think spiritual warfare, like I said earlier, I think it needs to start with us. Mm-hmm. I think one of the most profound um things that I can do in spiritual warfare is not out finding principalities and powers out there, even though that's that could be done and that's another whole show and all that kind of stuff. But the most profound thing I can do is I can be a man that is that is that my soul is looking less like a World War One battlefield and more like a, a green meadow and green pastures, you know? Yeah. And and that okay. comes from working working out my salvation in my soul, I believe, with fear yeah. and trembling. Yes. Uh, and 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 the other thing I, I find it's really fascinating with the whole authority thing is you need the truth to learn who you are in Christ, your identity, to be able to walk in any shape, form of authority. You know? Mm-hmm. And right. and and so that's where they are both needed in the you know, in the sense of uh uh you have to have identity statements. And once you be- begin to believe who you are, who God made you mm-hmm. and, and, and that you're seated with him in heavenly places. I mean, that's an authority statement right there. A lot of people don't realize it. It's mm-hmm. not just, you know, Hey, I'm up there where I can get God to be my sugar daddy and ask for things. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm up there in a place of authority to be able to help co co rule the earth right. one, one day eventually. And so anyway, I, I, yeah. Sorry, there's a rabbit. No. Let me shoot it. <laughs> but. No, I love it. I mean, it, it's so true. Like, I call it, and you use the word as well, um, it's sanctification. Like, yeah. I just did this workshop and we talked about the, this kind of physical and spiritual kind of war, right? You can't really take one and negate the other. You've You've got to see this balance in between the two. Well, you know, when we get saved, when we're born again, you know, we're justified, right? Our, right. His blood has justified us and, and, you know, he's our advocate. Now, when Christ comes back, that's our glorification. That's when we, you know, our bodies are changed, right? Like yeah. his, he's our first yeah. group. But what's that interim? That's where we are right now. And so the Bible says that when he returns, he wants a blemish-free bride. Well, that requires us doing our part and the Holy Spirit doing his. And this interim is this progressive sanctification, mm-hmm. this ongoing working out your salvation with fear and trembling, getting purified, renewing your mind, right? Turning away from the old person and the old habits and the old 
thoughts and patterns you used to do and moving into this identity of Christ. And it's not that we're going to be perfect because we never will be, but we're looking at progress, not perfection. And part Mm -hmm. of that is this spiritual warfare. It's Mm -hmm. understanding these biblical tenets of, you know, this is the children's bread. This is for us as believers to Mm -hmm. get us to walk in this freedom that people look at us and say, wow, that there's something different about this Christian. There's something different about them. What is it? And that's what, what really makes an impact, I believe on others. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it, 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 it goes back to kind of walking out, abiding in God's word and walking it out. Um, so what do you guys think about that? Well, Well, go ahead, Lindsay. Well, yeah, I mean, just even that word sanctification there, I, that was such a, like a woo-woo word to mm-hmm. me for for years. Um, just Well, unpack that. What do you mean by woo-woo? Well, it, it just, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of associated it with very Wesleyan understandings of mm-hmm. sanctification, just the split second, you know. Instantaneous. Whether it was the Pentecostal groups that believe that or just the, you know, non-Pentecostal Wesleyans, but yeah, just kind of, it was the split second thing that happened to you and just where you got perfect or something like that. And, and again, the other ditch was, oh, you're just rotten and you'll never change kind of thing. So yeah, it was good to hear you say that. And yeah, that's, I think that's the biblical under understanding of it. It's progressive. It's, it's every day. <laughs> it is. You, you can, you can lose some ground, but it's progressive. It's, it's every day. And it's, it's something that we work on. We'll work on until Christ returns. But I think we see, we see progress, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. We should see progress. That, that was the most important thing to me was realizing, hey, you know, it's not this kind of reformed, you're a worm and you'll always be that. And you just better be glad you're in Christ. But no, we can see progress. I've seen progress in the yeah. last six, seven years. And yeah. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, it's like, like I said, it's progress over perfection, right? It's like you should be able to look back and be like, you know what? I am a little more self-controlled. I am a little kinder. I am a little more loving, right? My fruit is growing. It, it is maturing. And I'm not where I want to be, but I sure as heck ain't where I used to be. <laughs> That's what yeah. I say. <laughs> well, my favorite saying is, I haven't arrived, but I've left. <laughs> oh, I like it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That goes into something that I want to throw up here to you guys and see what you think about it. It's, I tend to land in a place of you talking about um, spiritual warfare and, and, and its connection to spiritual growth. I believe in progressive sanctification, but at the same time, I think it's a both and I think we have encounters with the Lord that will boost our sanctification in, in instantaneously, but that's not all we have. We have the, the, the day in and day out monotony. I guess monotony is not the right word, but the, just the help me out with a word here. Just pedestrian, the, <laughs> just is, one yeah, foot just, in front of the other kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, we still have progressive as well as the encounters, and I think God wants us. I mean, think about the, the life of Moses. 
You know, he had an encounter with God at the burning bush, then that that produced something in him that that was not there. But then he had the day in and day out of learning God's ways and and how God does things and stuff. And 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 so it's like um I guess it's the We need both. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Wesleyan ex part of me from a long time ago, even though I'm not really Wesleyan very much anymore, still wants to be open to having God encounters where he pushes me in, in an area. It's almost like he gives me a, a I don't know what a good example, a, a, a booster shot and he boosts me forward a little bit, you know, and then, but then I still am in the process. So what do y'all, what do y'all think? What are your thoughts about that? Is that a doability? Is that possible? Or what do y'all think? Well, I mean, I, well, can you unpack that a little bit more for me? I, I need a little more because I'm to answer that question. Okay. Uh, just like different types of encounters we have with him. Uh, like we'll go to a revival or we'll go to, we'll be in the, it, for times like me, I've been in the counseling booth, so to speak, or the, the prayer counseling type booth. And I'll have this massive encounter or revelation with God and I'll break down and that encounter mm-hmm. pushes me forward. Uh, mm. But at the same time, I realize that I still need to continue to work out my salvation with the progressiveness too. Yeah. It's, yeah. Is that, does that give oh, me light? It. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, no, I agree. I mean, and again, I think what you're saying here is just being kind of led by the Holy spirit. Once yep. again, um, yep. for us to kind of, put God in a box, so to speak, um, is not how we grow. And it's, you know, I, I experienced the same thing, I think, but, but again, you can go to that extreme where everything's emotional, everything's an experience, right? Like, of course the enemy loves to take that and what God intended for good in that middle ground, they take it. Yeah. He imitates and infiltrates. And so, um, I mean, gosh, I experienced that just, just in nature, like when I'm walking, you know, sometimes mm. I'll just get this such a grieving in my spirit for certain things as I'm praying and I feel the presence of God and, you know, or he'll give me a word in my spirit and I'll be like, okay, Lord, what does this mean? You know? And it's like, mm-hmm. I go to the Bible and I look up, you know, whatever that word is. And, and it's, it's a, it's a, a message for, for me personally that day. And, and you can't, can't take away those individual experiences. Um, right. But again, there's that balance of like, you know, I, for me in the last year, I've had some very strange encounters, um, in this kind of realm. I I, I don't know how to explain it, but the Lord has really refined me in this area. And I'm so grateful for that because I think as Christians, and I'll tell you where I'm going with this, but I Mm -hmm. think as Christians, we, many of us and this is not a bad thing, but there's a balance there. Once again, mm-hmm. um, you know, we open people, open our arms up to people. Oh, you're, you know, you're a new Christian or you're saved or, um, you believe in Christ. And then we just, just come on in, come on in, you know, and, and hyper grace almost. And, and I say this because we still have to have that testing of the spirits and that balance. And this goes mm-hmm. with the spiritual warfare that, mm-hmm. We've got to see, okay, Lord, is there something more at play here? Because what happens, and especially in these days, in my opinion, is we've got a lot of people coming out of heavy things, new age, witchcraft, occultism, 
Mm-hmm. And they're saying they've had these experiences, visions, and, you know, all sorts of things. And while that can happen, I do believe that can happen. I do also believe that we need, there needs to be a time and a period where, you know, we really pray for these people and we really disciple them. We really ask the Lord, is this a true, is this something that's true? Or is this something where maybe a boundary needs to be put up? Um, Mm -hmm. Because we're seeing a lot of this coming into the church and it's causing a lot of discord. Does that make sense? How I explain that? Oh yeah, okay. totally. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean that's why Lindsay and I are big on the whole discipleship. Yes, uh, I think we've told you we do DMM, which is discipleship making movements. Yeah, and we have this philosophy, and I know there's going to be some blowback from this on the podcast because you know there's there's tons of what ifs, but we have this philosophy that if you can't disciple the person, you don't really need to win them to the Lord, or if mm. you can't put them in somebody's hands to disciple them. You don't really need to need to win them to the Lord. Now there are exceptions to this rule in scripture, like the Ethiopian eunuch, you know, and uh, who was, it was they jumped up in the carriage with him and explained Isaiah 53. Who was Philip. Philip. Yeah. And then Philip was taken away and the, the eunuch went where he went. And then even with Jesus, with the, the demoniac, you know, he, he, uh, put him straight in a ministry right after being delivered. So there's exceptions yeah. to the rule, but, but the overall I think is that people need to be grounded in Holy spirit led word. You know, they mm-hmm. need to be grounded in the word. They need to, they need to know the the basics of the word, how to interpret the word, how to study the Bible. Uh, Amy, you right. would be amazed at how many Christians don't know how to study the Bible. I mean, I, I learned it on know. my own. I didn't learn it in church. I mean, I had a lady that discipled me and, you know, which a lot of people would like frown on or whatever, but it was an older lady and she taught me how to do inductive Bible study and also how to listen to the Holy Spirit, you know, because sometimes the Holy Spirit pulls things out of context. I hate to tell a lot of my reformed friends that, but not, you know, sometimes he'll pull something out of context and speak to you about it. And then when you, and and I test Mm -hmm. the spirits, I get two or three witnesses of it, you know, and, 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 you know, all the whole process. And it's amazing to me, though, that that it you know you have to read the word with revelation. If we don't get revelation of the word, it's just dead word. It's just yeah. it's just dead page, mm-hmm. you know. And in the West, we put such a premium on head knowledge, mm-hmm. and that head knowledge has got to be transformed into spiritual knowledge, you know. And yes. I don't mean oh my gosh, mm, so I good. Mean, <laughs> I don't mean willy nilly, you know whatever. And something else I've noticed too, when you were talking about the new age stuff, I've noticed another extreme with a lot of ex new agers, they'll come out of the new age and become Christians and they'll go. So to the opposite pendulum where nothing mm-hmm. supernatural is real. It's all the devil. God mm-hmm. doesn't do anything. He doesn't heal. It's all the Kundalini spirit. It's all, yep. you know, the yep. penal gland and it's all this. But my argument is always, you know, the devil only counterfeits things that are valuable. So if the devil is counterfeiting mm-hmm. things, that means there's a reality in God somewhere where this is fact. So, yes. And and so oh, we so have good. to we have to discern, you know, what 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 that what that fact is. I totally agree with what you're saying. And okay. uh people uh have to be discipled and, and, and it has to be a relational discipleship. And and so we we've just kind of adopted the philosophy as a as a general rule that if we don't do drive by, share the gospels. I mean, we will. We'll share the love of Jesus and 
share this kind of stuff and maybe pray for, but overall, Lindsay and I and people around us that are doing this type of ministry, we want to, I'd rather have one person that I went to the Lord and I can disciple them mm-hmm. deeply than 10 people that I went to the Lord one day and I can notch it off my belt. Because those 10 people, yeah. if if they stay, are, are going to be shallow. And there's, like you said, there's no telling what's going to be shared or learned or whatever. You know, it's, and, and it goes back to Jesus's way of how he did it. He, he poured deeply into a few. Anyway, oh, I'm sorry. So I'm, but, no, don't but, be but sorry. But that, yeah. this, is, this is spiritual warfare, you know, and, and, and there's another aspect I'll get into later in the episode, but, uh, uh, that I think is a, 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 something that's left out. Well, let me ask you, ask y'all this. Do, do you think that a lot of the, um, arguments that people have with the demonic and spiritual warfare have to do with how the human person is made up? And what I mean by that is, is they, they don't have an accurate understanding of what the spirit, soul, and body are. And that causes a lot of the miscommunication. I think a lot of people talk over each other because they haven't sat down and defined terms. What do we mean by this Thank term? You. What do we mean by this term? What do yeah. we mean by this term? Yes. And, you know, people throw terms around and I hear people say, well, I don't believe a Christian can be demon possessed. And I'm like, well, I don't either. But what does possessed mean? That's not even a biblical word. I mean, in the actual Greek, it means demonized. And demonized mm-hmm. is, is, is a spectrum. It's that eyes means that it's, it's, you know, when something is, is, is eyes, it's, it's a spectrum of it's like autism is a spectrum. You have Asperger's on one end and then you have me on the other end, you know? And so (laughs) I'd be funny. I I shouldn't confess that over myself, but anyway, you have, uh, you know, the the Garrading demoniac on one end. And then you have the lady that was bent over oppressed by Satan for all these years, you know? Right. And, and then you get in the whole worldview where people will say, well, that's the Old Testament. That's before uh, Acts. And anyway, and so I guess my question for y'all is, do you think us not having, not speaking the same language, you know, and not having proper definitions and then not understanding the human person could be some of the disagreements that people have in this whole spiritual warfare thing? Hmm. So good. Well, I mean, I'll answer your question. Um, I, I agree with a lot of what you guys have been saying. Um, most of it and all of it (laughs) really (laughs) not most of it, all of it. Um, and I am a firm believer on definition. I think there is so much lost in translation. And if we Mm. is, if we are really supposed to be believers and we are supposed to edify the body and come together as different parts working for the whole, we have got to be able to sit down and say, what is your definition of demonize? What is your definition of deliverance? What is your definition of that? Because then we have a starting point where we have a baseline and then we can build off of that. Oh, well, we might actually agree on a few things. What do you know? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I love that. I think that is such a great practical thing that we can do as Christians in our everyday life. What do you mean by that? Um, and number two, when we, as Westerners, you know, in the Western church, when we look at the Bible, we look at it with Western eyes. We look at it from yes. 20, 2000, you know, 2023 vision. Mm-hmm. We're not mm-hmm. taking into account the first century Jews 
the original audience, who were the people and what did they believe and, and what were the, did the words mean at that time? And yeah. if we don't take these things into account, it's going to make it difficult for us. And I think, you know, once you kind of go down the path of like Michael Heiser and you start looking into some of those sides of things, yep. um, this unseen realm and all of that, you start to see that, you know, there's a lot of things that the doctrine of men have taught us that we were unwilling to go to the Holy Spirit with and say, okay, wait a second. My pastor has said this in the church, but I'm going to take him off the pedestal and I'm going to turn to you, God, and I want you to tell me your word. Let every man be a liar in God's word truth. And so mm-hmm. that's, that's, a, that's, the, that's ground zero. And we've got to shake off some of this cognitive dissonance and some of the things that we've been taught and open our mind up afresh with the Holy Spirit and say, where are we at here? You know, God, is there something new I can learn? Oh, imagine that. God yeah. can teach you something new, you know, <laughs> about his word. Um, being facetious, but, you know. No, yeah. What do you think, right. Lindsay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm not sure where the whole understanding of man plays in. I, I, I have that kind of tripartite spirit, full soul and body view. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a biblical understanding of it. but. Uh, I, I agree about the definitions part. A lot of times we we talk past each other because we don't even know what we mean by by a lot of the words we're using. And yeah, you're right about a lot of people confuse etymology with you know the way the word is being used, especially when you get into the the Greek words and the definitions. A lot of people just look at the literal definition or the the etymology of that word and say that. And but is that the way they used it then? I mean, if you could just look at an English word, uh, conversation. Um, we don't use that the same way it used to be used. I mean, that, that, that I think that word could just mean like how you go about your everyday life the way it was used originally, but now it means a discussion. So, or mean the word mean. Yeah. Mean. Uh, that, yeah. 1800s. It's no mean thing. And they were not, not talking about somebody being aggravated and mean to you. They're talking about, you know, like in a totally different context, because language evolves. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, maybe, I don't know how that would work. We, <laughs> we can't get, the whole body of Christ to sit down and all right, we're going to share our definitions now. There's yeah. different languages, and you know, yeah. But sure. yeah, you're right. A lot of it does come down to just confusion over definitions and yeah. assumptions. Well, oh, he meant that by that. I think that we can just that question we've used a lot during this discussion. Well, what do you mean by that? Is pretty powerful, I think. And yeah, yeah. Well, and I want to answer a question. What do you something? What do you mean by that? But uh, yeah, I think first and foremost, what we can do is we can teach, you know, and then fo- foster discussions, so to speak, with with different people. And and if we're ironic about it, if we're polite, and if we're tender and merciful about it, I don't like to use the word nice. I think nice is a worldly word, and it means it doesn't mean anything. I think it's bunk anyway. But if we're kind, that's the word I, I prefer to use with people. That goes a long way, you know. But but what I what I what I meant by the 
the tripartite body thing is there's an argument going on in the body of Christ. And I've even talked with Amy a little bit about it. Uh, and Lindsay, you and I have talked about it. Can a Christian have a demon? Okay. And that is so amorphous. It's even not a good question. But I think a lot of that has to do with an improper understanding of how God made the body. You know, we have our spirit, we have our soul, and we have our body. And in the spirit, that's where the Holy Spirit dwells. In our spirit, we have a new heart, all that kind of stuff, you know, which is true. Can a demon dwell there? Absolutely not. But we still have this other part that's called a soul. That's still the warfare. It's the mind. It's the will. It's the emotions. And and I use this analogy that it's like a World War One battlefield with the barbed wire and the trenches and all that kind of stuff. Until as we grow, it gets better and better and better into a luscious pasture and you know wide open fields. And I have this image. I love it. It's from the movie uh, Gladiator at the end when he's going to Elysium and he's he's taking his fingers through this field. That's what I want my soul to be to look like, like rich with that wheat. And I don't know if y'all have seen that movie, but uh, uh, anyway, that's kind of, that, that's kind of the image that I have. And then we have our body. That's, that's a, another factor too, that affects the other. We're holistic, but we still have those different parts. And I think that people have a hard time with, this is what I hear. I hear, well, if your Holy Spirit dwelt, you cannot have a demon, whatever that means. And I'm like, well, that's just, that goes totally against the temple in Ezekiel when they were worshiping the sun, they were worshiping Tammuz, they were worshiping, and the Shekinah glory is in the Holy of Holies, which would be our spirit, was still there when the idolatry was happening in the, in the outer court, which would be our soul. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is, is this is how I, I kind of, break it down. I don't care where you have a spirit. If you have a spirit, it's sitting on your shoulder. If it's in your left knee, yeah. if it's if it's hanging out down by your left toe or your peaky toe, or if it's in your belly, <laughs> I don't care where it is. It doesn't need to be there. You know, we yeah. get so trapped up in, and, and, and that's, to me, that's really a, a bad argument that where the Holy Spirit is, there, there could be no evil because look at the world. I mean, and, and the Holy Spirit is still here. I mean, he's still in Sheol. David says it. If I go to Sheol, you are there with me, you know? And I know that's his omnipresence that we're talking about. But I just, um, I just, I, 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 I give you an example, and this is what's happened in our ministry. The first person Sandy and I prayed for 20 years ago was a really hard case. She had Asperger's and she was disassociative disorder. And I was new at all this, and I just knew that she, since she was hearing voices, that she had spirits, okay? So I started trying to cast these demons out, and every time I'd try to do it, these different parts would pop up, and and they would, you know, they weren't answering to the name of Jesus. They weren't doing anything, and it wasn't till, and I wish I could go back and rewrite that whole little mistake I made. It, it wasn't until later in life that we realized that we were trying to cast out parts of her fragments or altars of her instead of and it wasn't a demon at all mm-hmm. and but then at another time we had a lady who came in and i know she was a christian 
for sure. And she manifested a spirit and she started talking like a man. Now, is that is that possession or is that just a manifestation? I mean, she wasn't the demoniac. And so I guess with the whole spiritual warfare dynamic, it's like there's a place for the word, which is foundational for everything we do. But then there's also things that happen to us that aren't in the word that we have to have the Holy Spirit to help us discern what's really going on. Yeah. And, and there's a gray area there. Yeah. And, and I, I believe that God sees black and white. Totally. He is, he is black and white and I believe in black and white, but I also think that we as fallen human beings, mm-hmm. even though we're growing, we still have that, that docetic, I think is how you say it. it. We still see gray. We don't know all the answers, you know, and that's, exactly. that's what's interesting about this whole fringe world we're talking about is we don't have all the answers. I mean, for years, I always thought a ghost was a demon, but now I'm, I'm you know, I, I've been listening to Blurry and, and I've listened to different people and, and I've had experiences and I, you know, and I've read the Bible and I don't know if every ghost is a demon. And anyway, and so I guess what I'm trying to say is, is uh, to land this long plane here is <laughs> what do you guys think about that? That's what I want to say. I mean, shoot me down. <laughs> Oh, it's good. It's good stuff. I mean, there's a lot of things that that I could touch on just from what you said. I mean, I I absolutely think it's a gray area because we can't see that spiritual realm. We can see the effects of it, just like the wind and the leaves, right? We can't see the yeah. wind, but we see the leaves moving. We see yeah. the effects of something more happening. And And I'm a testament. I mean, I tell people this all the time. I was a Christian since I was a little girl. Um, I accepted Christ and yet I fully believe that I was oppressed by a demon, by spiritual oppression. I, you call it what you want. You want to call it oppression. You want to call it demonization. I had some serious issues and I couldn't figure out. Yeah. I couldn't figure out why, because I always thought, well, a Christian can't have a demon. So what's wrong with me? That's what I said. Yeah. Me too. Me Me too. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, so Brandon, where does that leave you and I defeated? Hopeless. Suicidal Unless, is where suicidal. Yes. <laughs> right. I mean, no hope. And, you know? No hope. No hope. And that is where we say something is awry here. We haven't been taught up in the full counsel of God about this issue. Yeah. And Lord, there's something more here. You gotta teach me. And yeah. for me, he taught me. He he and he's continuing to teach me. And there is that middle ground where you're like, okay, is this just a fractured coping mechanism where I was a little girl and I had something, I'm just using an example. I had right. something happen to me, a traumatic event or abuse where I learned to fracture off and kind of split, if you will, in yeah. my mind to cope with something. We do that all the time as humans. And does well, that that's, mending- that's where MKL That's where MKUltra yes. comes from. Exactly. Exactly. And I, and, and, you know, so all of us have been fractured, if you will, on some level. And so the discernment comes with, Hey, is this a deep wound that needs to be mended together by the word of God and by inviting Christ into that area? Or is there something more here that needs to be dealt with spiritually, like a casting out a pulling down, what have you. And, and that's where, 
I mean, I find this in counseling all the time. You know, I don't have all the answers. This is investigatory process with the Holy Spirit. Yes. We've got to come together yes. in agreement yeah. and invite him in and say, Lord, show us what's going on here. You know? Yep. So yeah, it's, it's, it's deep. It's, it's gray. It's, um, that's it's what I see. Own, yeah. That's what I see. The gift of, the dis- of discernment of spirits is so important. That's why yes. I believe the spiritual gifts are so important is God has given us a toolbox and, and I, I got this from a guy, I don't know if you ever heard of him. You probably have, Amy. It's a guy named John Wimber. Years ago, I, I listened to a teaching he did on the spiritual gifts, and he said the spiritual gifts from the Holy Spirit in, in 1 Corinthians 12 are like this. You are a plumber, and you're under a sink, and you reach your hand out, and the Holy Spirit hands you the right tool to mm. fix what you need to fix. Mm. Yeah, you know? I like that. Yeah, I do too, because that doesn't, that doesn't mean I can just do it at will. It means that... God, by his spirit, is going to give me the exact tool I need to be able to fix the exact problem that I'm trying to fix. And that leaves yes. it in relationship and not in rote sort of, we, we Christians love ritual. That's why the occult is so popular, because we can control God. Yes. And, 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 and the whole realm of the spiritual gifts, if properly conceived and seen, is him giving us gifts to use for the situation, not us having superpowers we can use at will, you know? And oh my gosh. So good. Yeah. So good. Okay. I just have to say this because I got to, I got to jump in here, Brandon. You're so right. And this is why, okay, two things. And, and this is why those that come out of the new age and the occult and listen, the new age is witchcraft. Let's call it what it is. It's called yep. the biblical terms. It's divination, yep. it's sorceries, yep. it's witchcraft. and mm-hmm. so. You know, sometimes we water down these words and I do it. I mean, and, and the Lord is like, let me call it by what I call it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. it's sorceries. Um, but, but essentially what happens is, is these people are so used to having something manifest in a physical way by their control that yeah. without that discernment and letting go of pride and self and being humble, they're not able to see that it isn't about them. It isn't about you saying a prayer or a ritualistic type chant and this happens, this demon is loosed or what have you. It's about the surrender and submission and humility and knowing that it's not about you. And that's mm. where I've seen a lot about a lot of these kind of coming out new agers. It's not to harp on them. It's not to harp on, you know, right. anybody can right. be saved and 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 that's the beautiful thing. Amen. But the second part of this is and, and what I've seen a lot, and this is what I want your listeners to hear, guys, the true marking of a Christ follower and growing in Christ is humility. It's mm. humility. It's being humble and teachable and discipleable, you know, being discipled. Because if you don't have that, you will land in, in with pride. And that's, that's what keeps you from being set free. That's what keeps you from having the authority in Christ. Because you're thinking it's about you and what you can do, and you're yeah. going to miss it. Yeah, yeah. I would add, yeah. And by pride, we we need to include false humility, which I mm. used to think was humility okay. for years, and just Good point self browbeating, and oftentimes yeah. is just as selfish and prideful, and mm-hmm. competitions to see who can be more quote unquote humble. Yes. Yeah. Oh wow, that's yeah. a great point. Thank yeah. you for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, Amy, you've, you've nailed it. I mean, that's exactly what it is. And, and, 
and here's the here's the other thing is that the enemy it's an old cliche i've been i've used a lot of them in the show forgive me but but if the devil can't stop you he'll push you further and so what we see in a lot of the movements that have operated in power what we've seen is the devil pushing them further mm-hmm. but but then what happens is the new ager will see that and they'll see people that are Christians that are operating out of manipulation and control, like televangelists mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, well, I mean, it's all, it's all hogwash. God doesn't heal. Exactly. Anymore. Exactly. And that's, yeah. that's throwing the baby out with a bathwater. That's, that's yep. wrong. God heals today. I, I can tell you story after story after story after story where when I relied on him and my relationship with him and trust and what I call, that's what I call faith is, is, is just trust and, and relying, relying trust. And I've seen him do amazing things. I've also seen him not do things. Um, I don't think that's always his fault, but, but I don't know what it is. It's a mystery to me. I leave the mystery aspect there. You know, I want to. And but that doesn't mean, you know, let's throw the baby out with a bathwater because, uh, you know, there's there's very brilliant scholars out there that'll tell you and have seen miracles and will say these are signs of the kingdom, you know, and they're important. Lindsay and I, we see them out. And, and this is this is the other thing. I'm sorry. I'm just rambling here. But, but this is important. I think it goes with spiritual warfare. We as the church, the Western church, and I love the bride of Christ. I'm not, like you said about New Agers, I'm not trying to harp on the body of Christ because I, I, I am it. I am her. Um, anyway, that sounded weird, didn't it? Anyway, I am part of the... <laughs> we get it. <laughs> can't tell nowadays. I, I, I identify as the bride of Christ. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I should edit that out or not. That's pretty funny. Again, Sandy. <laughs> anyway. But I do, but I love the bride of Christ. But what's happened is we've insulated ourselves in our enclaves and we don't see a lot of God's movement because where we, Lindsay and I and other people are seeing God's movement is outside the church walls where that's where we're actually doing the plumbing and we reach our hands back for the right tool and the Holy Spirit gives it to us. But when it's a show in a church down front and it becomes a TED talk at a concert, it, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't flow or it has to be hyped up or it has to be, you know, and a lot of that's just cultural. That's Western, yeah. Western culture. I was going to make a comment. I have, I have some Catholic friends who are born again, believers who are awesome and all this kind of stuff. But overall it comes from the Catholic system and institution of this, this, this ritualized we can do a and B happens and all that kind yeah. of stuff, which I think, goes along the whole spectrum of occultism. That's my theory. I won't go there. But uh, at, the, at the same time, uh, yeah, I, I just, uh, I think spiritual warfare is the same way. I think these guys who get in these, these churches and they show out and they make them talk and they put Bibles on their heads. I'm not naming names, but they use crucifixes and all this, you know, it's, it, it's become theater, and God doesn't want it to become theater. I think that's why the sons of Sceva were basically partly beat up because, you know, it was theater to them. It was, it was, it was not relationship, and that's what it comes down to, Amy and, and mm-hmm. Lindsay. It comes down to we do all this based on a relationship with God and a relationship with people. I pray for someone because I love them. 
not because I want to see something happen. Right. Yeah. I love that. Well, and, and, you know, you also think about, um, you think about, um, just the end times, right? What does it say yeah. in Matthew 24? It says, then the kingdom of God will be preached. I don't want to, I don't want to do it any harm because let me, let me turn there really quick, but it talks about the kingdom of God. And it says, uh, and this gospel of the kingdom of God shall be preached in all the world for a witness until all nations and then shall the end come. And yeah. I really think that this gospel of the kingdom of God is not only the, the simple words of salvation, right? What right. Jesus Christ did for us, which is so yep. powerful in wow. and of itself, <laughs> you know, but, but it's also this, what did, what was Jesus doing in his ministry? Yep. And he was healing. He was healing yep. deep hurts, both yep. physically and internally, you know, lack yep. of faith, all of those. And he was casting out demons, right? Yep. But this is really the kingdom of God. This is what Jesus was doing. And so then, I mean, you can go down the road of, well, what do you believe? Was that just for the, the, the Acts church or was that for yeah. us believers today? But I'll leave yeah. that to the side. But when you think of this kingdom of God, and when you think of spiritual warfare and, and that the enemy tries to imitate and infiltrate, yep. what is he doing with this spiritual warfare aspect of deliverance and all of that today? Mm. He's perverting it yes. in either extreme, counterfeiting it. Yep. counterfeiting yep. it. And so yep. why would he do that? You got to think who benefits from that? He does because he doesn't want the believers to walk in the authority and the freedom that Christ has given us all along. And when that kingdom is preached to all the world, we really get it. And we really start being activated in this. That's where we see this shift. And yes. so if the enemy can pervert that kingdom of God, perhaps he can thwart him coming back. I don't know. This is just no, my thoughts no, on no, it. That, well, yeah, I think um, there's definitely something to that. Yeah, I was going to yeah. ask you about eschatology in this conversation I anyway. But yeah, I, to I mean, that's what we <laughs> believe. I mean, that's that's one of the reasons why we do DMM, Disciple Making Multiplication, we have this vision, it's called 2414, and we're part of a group called 2414, and we are trying, you know, to get this word spread to, to, in hopes to hasten the return of the Lord, you know, and you don't, you mm -hmm. can't, you cannot do that, and this has gone way off spiritual warfare, but really it hasn't. Um, Spiritual warfare is winning souls. We got to remember that. It's not just binding demons or, or doing counseling or, or lies with right. truth. I mean, what is lies with truth? Winning souls is replacing lies with truth, you know? Right. And I just, I just really think it's interesting you said that. Jesus went in, he taught, and he did ministry. He taught, and he did ministry. So you see word, and you see spirit. You see word in your spirit. And it, it's so intertwined that it's hard to demarcate which one is which, because they're both both. But you do see... Right. The word with the spirit and then the spirit, you know, and he yeah. laid that foundation to replace the lies with the truth. And then he came in and he showed them this is what the kingdom is going to look like one day. This is yeah. a foretaste of it. Amen. I mean, why does he say there will be no more tears? There will be no more sorrow. If, if we leave them, you know, flat, you know, and I, and I don't, and I want to say this very tactfully and carefully because I don't want people to misconstrue my words, but. The sal salvation in Christ is first and foremost, you know, confessing with our mouth, believing in our hearts that Christ is who he says he yeah. is in the word of God. Right. Yes. But if we leave them with that and we don't do the discipling like you're doing and we don't teach them these other facets of what Jesus did, 
Are they truly walking out in the freedom of Christ? I came to give nope. you life and life abundant. Uh, I don't you think know? they are. I don't you think know? they are. Right. Well, because I mean, how many Christians are, are anxious and depressed and, and, yeah. and, not, and don't have joy? Hopeless. Right? Hopeless. I mean, they, a lot of people, Amy, they read the stuff that we post, and it's not, there's nothing wrong with our, our podcast or your post or any that kind of stuff, but, but a lot of people are reading all that, and, and they just get like, if they're not founded in that hope and that joy, they just get like, oh, gosh, what am I going to do? I need to go you know, hide in a hole because the world's going to. Yeah. And uh, I yeah. ministered to a woman not too long ago. It was like that. She's like, I got down the rabbit holes, man. It frightened me and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, but you have Jesus inside of you. I mean, that, that should, you, you should get up every morning with that hope and knowing that you're, you know, because Jesus is inside of you, this is not, this is, this might affect you, but it's not going to destroy you. You're going to survive. You're going to not only survive, you're going to thrive. You have abundant life. And that doesn't look like big houses and luxury cars. That's, that's extreme counterfeit teaching, but it does look like that he's going to take care of your needs and he's going to provide for you and he's going to love you like a father would. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing you were talking about, the, the whole gospel of the kingdom, I think we have a truncated view of the gospel in the sense of we think, all right, say this prayer or confess your sins or repent, do whatever the, the different tradition may be. And you're born again and you're going to heaven when you die. And I don't think that that's as important to God as getting heaven in you. Yeah. Mm. Mm. That's good. Right. I mean, that's, that's how we're salt. That's how we're light. You know, and, and, and I'm a futurist when it comes to eschatology. I mean, I can't look at the world and I, you probably are too, Amy. I can just, just kind of feel it. I don't know. You can correct me. But I believe that Jesus <laughs> is coming back really soon. And, and I don't mm-hmm. think that I don't believe in partial preterism, really. I don't think it's all been done. And, and right, right. the world is gradually getting better and blah, blah, blah. Right. Anyway, I, actually, uh, anyway. so. My question for people who believe that is the world is making the world better, not the church. So there's something wrong with that belief. Anyway, I'll leave that right there. Mm -hmm. That's a bomb. That's a mine waiting for somebody to step on. (laughs) Anyway, but, but, but that doesn't mean that we can't occupy till he comes. He tells us that, you know, anyway, I'm preaching now. I need to shut up. (laughs) I no, I, I love it. I love to preach. I go off on my tangents and, you know, I don't, I don't often get the opportunity to do that on my page. And I've been praying for the Lord to kind of refine that because I, that's why I love my Bible studies and I love teaching God's word. It truly is my joy and, and counseling yeah. with people. Um, it's just such a joy bubbling up inside of me to share the hope that is in Christ. Because as you've said, Brandon, and you, Lindsay, you know, we've been through stuff where God has made beauty from ashes and we can now share that with others and say, gosh, there is, this isn't hopelessness. This is not a life of hopelessness. This is a life of conquering, of, of hope and of a coming return of Christ. Like we have the ability to live victoriously and share that with others. And that is, it's fun. I, yes. I, it's fun for me. I Absolutely. love it. Yep. Like yeah. there's no greater joy. And no I think that's joy. a, right. That's a marking yeah. of this spiritual warfare of this, 
fully coming to an understanding of God's whole gospel and what it means for us as believers. And there's hope there. Well, let me ask you this, what you guys think about this. I want y'all to weigh in on it. Um, something I've been kind of toying with, with, with spiritual warfare is, is kind of, I mean, everything we said is true and, and I want to walk in it, but I, I kind of a shift. I read a, a book by a guy named Guy Chirot, Um Chirot, I think it's Chirot, about our, okay, let me just break it down. I think our warfare should begin in worship and praise mm-hmm. and, and, and I'm going to steal the new, new ages term because it's so important, gratefulness and thanksgiving and, and and walking in those things to me when i walk down the road and i'm walking in thankfulness and gratefulness and and praise and, and worship those darts just aren't it's almost like i have a, a um what are those things that come out of cars when you're in a wreck uh, like a, a bumper awesome thing life. Uh, no oh, airbags airbags yeah it's almost like a, it's almost like i have a spiritual airbag that just yeah. protects me from the fiery darts because i'm walking mm. in this and and i don't want to go in this ditch and say oh that's all spiritual warfare is now you just worship all the time and god will take care of you, you don't need to worry about this other stuff i'm a both and guy and so but i just want to know what y'all thought about that as a method of spiritual warfare we see it throughout the bible with the judah going before the ark into battle and I, I i just i think that's a real practical thing that people can put into their lives is is beginning to walk in gratefulness and praise and thanksgiving and worship just mm-hmm. i mean I, i've been trying to follow brother lawrence's cue and and just throughout the day just turn to jesus and say jesus i worship you mm-hmm. i worship you you know just that that one phrase and uh you know, even though I'm not a Catholic uh, doctrinally or, or spiritually, there is a lot of really interesting spiritual habits that they did over the years. So not everything was bad in, in that there was, you know, and, and one of them is that that what they call ejaculatory prayer of just spontaneous, you know, prayer. Uh, I worship you. I praise you, you know, and it just kind of it shifts my my focus and my framework. And if my mind is working correctly, then I'm winning the spiritual war. That's good. And, and uh, I think the outer spiritual warfare we do is still to get to the place where we can help that person get their mind straight, where they can win the spiritual war. You know, mm. yeah. you just have to take, take out the bird's nest, so to speak, like on the beach of Normandy, you take out those bird's nests and then we can get into the mainland to really take the, take the land. So that's good. I would agree. I mean, I would say that's a good starting point for spiritual warfare or anything, and I, particularly the Thanksgiving part has been just revolutionary for me. Just starting my even my time with the Lord in the morning off with two or three things I'm thankful for. So yeah, I would agree. Yeah, well, I love that. Go, yep. Go ahead, go ahead, Amy. Sorry. Oh no, no. I was just going to add. You know you think about the verse be anxious for nothing, but in every, everything mm. with prayer and Thanksgiving, yeah, prayer that's and the Thanksgiving. prerequisite before your petitions. Um, and even revelation, you know, what, what's happening in the heavens before the seals are broken, yeah. there's worship, there's blessing and honor and wisdom. Favorite they're, they're bowing chapter. down before Christ. Revelation you know? four. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Four? Yep. 
Yeah, yeah. Love it. And, and then you think practically, I mean, if our battle is against, not against flesh and blood, then when we go against what our carnal nature wants to do, our carnal nature wants to get ticked off. It wants to yell. It wants to sulk. It wants to go into self-pity, whatever your coping mechanism is. That is what the flesh wants. If you can break through that in worship and Thanksgiving, it's almost like this, this tactic that God gives us. It's like he's telling us, listen, this breaks that spiritual hold on you. If you can push through your carnality and what your physical body wants to do and your mind wants to do and push into worship and Thanksgiving, something shifts. Yes. Then, wow, that's powerful. It's simple. It's simple and powerful. Um, and yet it is hard, I mean, because we live in this, this body of ours, right, that fights yeah. against us. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to see what you guys thought about that. Uh, there's something else I'm, I'm trying to remember what I wanted to uh, ask or journey into. All right. What I would love to do is I had a, a spiritual director at one point in time, and he uh, – he challenged me, and y'all, this is one of the hardest things I've ever done. I love to fast. I'm not bragging about it. I think that verse is pulled out of context. You can tell people you fast. It's when you're, it's your heart intent. But anyway, I love to fast, and I do it. I do it for my body, for my health's sake. I do alternate day fasting, but I also do spiritual fasting, and Lindsay does too. We, we've it's a real discipline in our lives. But this thing that I'm about to talk about transforming more than even fasting did. My spiritual director challenged me to offer no prayers to God except prayers of thanksgiving for a whole month. And let me tell you guys, if you if you ever think that you don't make petitions, try this out. You'll realize how much you do petition God and ask him for things. And I'm not saying that's bad or wrong because it's part of prayer. It's an important part of prayer. But uh, that transformed my way of looking at the world dramatically. and and. So what I'd like to do as we're trying to land this plane for this episode, what I'd like to do is I'd like to issue a challenge for our listeners out there. Uh-oh, we lost Amy. Anyway, listeners, we seem to have lost Amy. Must be spiritual warfare uh, here at the <laughs> end. And so, Amy, thank you so much for being on our show. We appreciate yes. everything. Yeah, and that was good. Yeah, what I'd like to do, though, is I'd like to challenge you out there who've listened to this episode. I'd like to challenge you to just to, to pick out some of the things, the practical things that we've talked about in the spiritual warfare and begin to practice them. What I'd really like to challenge you to do is just to, just to do an experiment, to take a month and just basically let your prayers to God be prayers of thanksgiving and praise and just, just see what kind of a difference it makes in your, your life. And if it does, I'd love for you to come to the Unrefined Friends page on Facebook. If you're not a member of it, I'd love for you to join it. It's, it there's some interesting conversations going on there. And we also have our Unrefined Members page, which we're doing all kinds of cool stuff there, too. So, But uh, come on the page and tell us if you're implementing these prayers of Thanksgiving for this next month, just as a challenge. I mean, we want, we, Lindsay and I both, he'll vouch for this. I know he will. We want this podcast to be intensely practical. And so that's just kind of a challenge. Um, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a shot and I'd love for you guys to, to join us and join me as I, as I do it. 
So once again, I'd like to say thank you for Amy for being on the show. I'm sorry we lost her right there at the end, but man, she is incredible and she is an awesome guest and we are so thankful for her. Yeah, always a pleasure to have her. Adios, amigas, amigos. Thanks for listening and supporting us. And remember, stay naturally supernatural.